Welcome back to another episode of Rift Reaction. It is, as Emily said before the start of the show, the Big Poggers episode. I, to directly quote her, I think that that was exactly what she said, right? Anyway, it's a big, big episode for us because not only do we get to talk about worlds, which, let's be honest, it seems like most of the West has moved on. Uh, but we, I have not moved on. You, Emily is living in the past. Uh, we have off season, which is what we're all satisfying with ourselves now and pretending that everything's over. Uh, so there's a lot to talk about. Many rumors. Uh, we'll we'll give Emily her space in the beginning of the show to talk about worlds. Talk about uh, actual League of Legends games. Yeah, I know. Hey, last night, last night we did Hotline League. We didn't get a single caller asking, wanting to talk about worlds. It was uh, so depressing. We did a poll at the end of it, and I was like, how many of you guys are interested in finals? 54% said no, 46% said yes, uh, which I think is so, sad. So that reminds me of this anecdote that I will now tell, and Kelsey Moser can back me up on it. We were meeting a friend at 2016 Worlds for K-Barbecue, and we go into a hotel, uh, into an elevator to get up to the place uh, right near Madison Square Garden, and we run into a C9 fan, in like he's just wearing a C9 jersey in the elevator. And so we were both like, oh, are you here for the um, the semifinals? Like, you know, Rocks, Rocks SKT, that was like a banger, right? And he was like, yeah, I uh, I don't really care. What? I just what? came because... So basically, he just came because it was an event, but he's like, yeah, all the NA teams are out, and like, I'm a C9 fan, so I don't really care. Yeah. And both of us were just like, ah, because it's like the best semifinals in world history. I love it. And he just didn't care. Honestly, because and we're going to talk briefly about Arcane because why not? But like I, I almost kind of feel like Riot has forgotten that finals is happening because they're just like Arcane, 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 Arcane. And it premieres the day of finals. So it's I almost feel like Arcane is kind of overshadowing finals right now. I think they're right to. I mean, if I had a, something as big as Arcane that had the potential to bring in like more players especially i mean we'll talk about it later but yeah. in north america specifically it's yes. the server that desperately needs it uh i i i too would put all of my resources into that especially considering finals is like really weird this year the whole world's tournament is really weird this year because of how it i feel like people have already forgotten that it had to be rush pivoted to iceland uh in the first place so Screw world finals. It's all about arcane, says Emily Rand. That is not true at all. This is just the episode where I incorrectly interpret everything <laughs> that you're saying. That's what that'll just be how we Lovely. play that for the rest of the time. All right. Well, let's talk about worlds. Uh, so we had semis this past weekend. Uh, two very well, depending on who you <laughs> ask, two very different matches, uh, but both very entertaining in their own ways. So first off, which one did you enjoy more, Emily? So I enjoyed Shocker, T1, and Tom1 more. I think the big thing for me is if you remember last year, or last year, wow, last episode, my take was that Tom1 were just going to kind of raise through T1 in a similar way to the summer finals, and they did not. So I was really pleasantly surprised that at how good that series was, like how much t1 has improved as a team this is a team that looked like they were on the verge of collapse when they fired their coaches mid summer and it ended up working out both for t1 and damon where uh, those uh, coaches returned to specifically danny and 
I just, I loved that series. It was so back and forth. Both teams made some really interesting adjustments in draft. I think owner is, has proven himself as like a rising star talent. And that's something that we're really shaky on. Uh, And I know T1 fans were calling for him to come in, but it wasn't more, it was more of a like, they're calling for anyone to come in and somehow find a roster. Cause remember how they were flipping through the 10 men roster in spring, somehow find a roster that worked. And they did after again, what seemed like a collapse. So like narratively, it was awesome for both teams. The actual gameplay was significantly better in that series than the other one. And, um, I just, I really loved it. I still don't think it's on par with, the other semifinals, all historical, greatest of all time world semifinals we've ever had, which was still Rocks T1 or SKT at that time. I think for a lot of narrative reasons as well as gameplay reasons, but this semifinal was really good. And anyone who's really interested in League of Legends as a competitive esport should watch it because it, it's just that good. Yeah, I mean, I, I very much enjoyed it. And I think, you know, for me, we we might have said this before. I know other people were saying this as well that like that one it will probably end up being the real finals yeah. like we have so often. <laughs> a semis that is a bit better, uh, but it's that leads us to our 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 poll from last week where we asked you all: Does EDG have a chance against the three Korean teams? Fifty three percent of you said yes. Forty seven percent said no. And I now I don't know how you know we we constructed this poll. Now I don't know how to interpret it as have a chance because they they did win this weekend mm-hmm. uh but five game series do we think that they're gonna have a five game series this saturday no okay i do not i i mean we already said i said this last week i'm pretty sure you agreed with me that whoever comes out of that side of the bracket is probably just gonna have a very tough time against tom one i think we both kind of called tom one as the unofficial soon to be official winners of this tournament presumptive yeah exactly Uh, i mean unless edg significantly change and improve on some things i still foresee that happening yeah Uh, i i agree uh but let's talk about edg genji all right here's my question for you emily i saw when i went to twitter uh two varying two wildly different disparate uh takes on this game as it was happening you saw some people, I saw some people that were like, make it stop, make it stop. This is so bad. Ah. And then I saw other people that were like, this is incredible. Oh my gosh. We're going to five games. Yes. So help me. I'm incapable of forming my own opinions. Emily Rand, because I'm, you know, just a fan of League of Legends. I go to Reddit. I listen to co-streamers, etc. So help me know what, what should be my takeaway from that series? Was it good? Was it bad? What was it? I mean, it was fun. I had a fun time watching that series. In terms of gameplay, was it as good as our other semifinal series? No. But was it entertaining to watch? Yes. I think the big thing for me is that Gen G is a team. If you've seen if you haven't seen Gen G is a team. M- Mortitz's breakdown on broadcast live You're as talking he's about Chronicler. Tra- yeah, as he's trying to like parse what Genji is in terms of their talent versus their results. I think 
it was good that they had this strong of a showing, not because it should be so shocking based on the names on paper, but because this team, the names on paper have not worked as well as they had hoped, right? This was supposed to be the super team that took over the LCK. And a lot of people don't even remember that. And this is back when people were saying this back when they signed Clid in the previous off season. So the, it was nice to see that Gen G performed so well for EDG. I had said previously, and I still stand by this, and I think I've been pretty proven right of the LPL teams that were remaining. EDG was the most naturally suited for the way the meta has shifted for this tournament, right? That being said, as you could see in this very series, there is a dramatic difference in how coordinated and confident EDG look with Mako on something like Leona, where he's able to get really strong roaming timers with a tanky initiator and control team fights and control skirmishes, and on something like a Nami, which individually his Nami was actually insane at parts like his first nami game was so good individually but the team just looks lost when he's not on like a tanky initiator and that's why i still think edg are going to lose in uh, among other reasons to tamwon pretty easily i loved a lot of the looks that tamwon had in their semifinal, especially what they did with barrel so i think that's really where it's going to be a bit disparate and Tom one just have such better objective setups. Like I said, e- both EDG and Gen G kind of coin flip objectives. And I think we saw that several times. So was it a fiesta? Maybe. Did I have fun? Yes. If I recall, when I went to EDG headquarters in 2019, they have a dog. Did right? you get bark at by nice? He's yeah. a, he's apparently in he's in the front, right? Yeah, just he's barking in the at lobby. people. Yes. He I've heard he's bark. quite mean. He's sleeping. Oh. Uh but that so that's like a reason to cheer for them in the finals, maybe. They get they have a cute dog. Yes. I mean, nice is all of us, right? Like the thing about nice is one of my friends made the argument that he's not even that cute though, and I was like, Yeah, but he has such a disgruntled face, like he's pissed off at everything all the time. I really appreciate if it. I, had to I, live I appreciate in a him. Team facility. I think I would also have that disgruntled face. But <laughs> but the reason I bring this up is because you mentioned EGG, EDG in a World Finals. You put this in the show notes is ridiculous and many many years in the making. Uh, and so, is this attached to the dog? Did you write this because of the dog? I did not. Okay. Well, then why did you write it? <laughs> but I think the big thing with EDG is that from their inception in 2014. They've been kind of a, they went from being a hated team to being still, I think, a less popular team than other teams in LPL, but one that was so domestically dominant, one with such insanely popular players like Clear Love. And their road to get here after being so heavily favored in a few worlds to this world championship it's just nuts to me that edward gaming are in a world's final i never thought this would happen and this is i know it's many years in the making it is since like 2014 2015 when people are like this edg team is gonna take it all like uh we were talking about the lpl collapse right like edg going into 20 
15 was one of the teams that people were thinking were going to contend SKT because they'd won MSI that year. Like, it, it's just nuts to me, even though a lot of people are now saying, oh, I called it from the get-go, EDG in, in World's Finals. And um, I did not, actually. I did not believe in EDG whatsoever, and I believed in FPX, so maybe that was my bad before the tournament. Um, but the meta has shifted for once, not away from EDG, but in their favor in terms of LPL teams. And it's it's just awesome to see that they finally made it because their fans are incredibly sticky. Like, they're not going to leave EDG. They're in it. But they've had a lot of disappointments on the international stage. So I'm very happy for the EDG fan base. All right. So we, we've already basically said it. But finals predictions. 3-0? 3-1? I think it's going to be a 3-1. I think EDG will have a game where they will Tamon will have either a happy game which we've seen them have before or EDG will just have a really strong early game from the get go probably with Mako on something like Eliana and they'll be able to win a game but I don't think EDG's objective setups and map control are good enough to beat Tamon so I'm going to say 3-0 stomp. There this you is going to be a very disappointing final. I mean, I hope it's not too, but I just, I, I don't expect, I, I feel like Dan one's just going to crush EDG. I feel like EDG probably knows what they're going into. And that dog is going to be barking the entire time. And it's just going to be a disaster. So, uh, hopefully I'm wrong and it's very entertaining and exciting, but I feel like I'm going to be waking up at five o'clock and going to sleep at seven 30. Uh, <laughs> wow! Not even going to attend the press conference. Well. Uh, I the oh man, the press conferences have been so bad, Emily. I just I tweeted sarcastically the other day. I love press conferences. I didn't even do the Gen G EDG one. I was like, I was just go watch Ashley King stream because these are just too painful for me. I don't know why. I just I don't. Whatever. Anyway, let's talk about arcane really quickly before we get into the offseason stuff i just want to do a quick call out i i have them as my reaction shot somewhat stealing something that uh, a discussion that emily and i had had off air previously but i am really excited to see all the stuff that Riot is doing around the arcane stuff uh mark merrill randomly showed up in my twitch chat last night and i was saying that i thought that arcane uh, for a long time and i stand by this even though mark said it wasn't true i I don't believe him. Uh, I think for a long time, Riot was afraid to do anything that was like big and crossover and like whatever, because I think they'd think it was an authentic. They care so much about authenticity that I think they'd feel like, you know, sending League of Legends IP out all over the place would be not great. And then Fortnite showed up a couple years ago, started to do a ton of this stuff. And now I think showed that you can do this and it can be really cool. And so, I can't think. Of, I can't even remember all the things that they're doing to promote Arcane, uh, but they know they have a Fortnite crossover, a PUBG Mobile crossover. Reddit has done its first ever like avatar collab, and you can you can get like Jinx uh, outfits and like other outfits for characters from the show as your your Reddit avatar. Uh, they 
Or do oh they've got the Imagine Dragons coming back and I guess a whole opening ceremony for Worlds. This is kind of what I was talking about where it's like, is this Worlds or is it uh, just a big Arcane promo? The whole opening ceremony is supposedly Arcane themed, so they are are. It's just I I think it's very notable. I think it's really cool. I like to see that they are doing this. I personally was very envious as somebody who had dedicated his career to League of Legends and then would see what would go on in Fortnite. Um, and so I'm very happy that they're doing this stuff and. Uh, I, I don't know if you've noticed any of this stuff, but it's pretty crazy. I mean, on the way here, I actually took a picture of it. Uh, there's a there was an arcane billboard. Oh, really? For uh, yeah, one of the not billboard. Sorry, it was on the side of like one of the bus stop things, and oh, it was nice. just like, oh wow, like I haven't I haven't seen that natively since I was in I think Chicago, and they had a bunch of things for the League of Legends World Championship on bus stops, but. I think the big thing that's really interesting to me about Arcane, outside of the promotion and stuff, which I know you're going to talk about later again, is the fact that I just really love animation uh, for people that don't know. Like, I am very into Japanese animation uh, to the point where I have a blog about it. And I'm so I'm really curious to see how the actual story and what the animation looks like. Does the is the W word allowed? Uh, can I can I say that you are the W word, or is that do you not identify with that? I mean, I don't really. You can call me a weeb if you want, but I don't really like. I'm not really super evangelical about uh, it as you. people are. I, I just like writing about animation, and I think when I tweeted out or when I did a post about my favorite, like my top ten for the past ten years or whatever. Someone was like, this is exactly what I expect a League of Legends analyst to like. It's very like pretentious. And I was just like, I don't know what that means, but sure. I'm just tweeting about shit I like, dude. <laughs> Not really well, sure. Welcome, welcome to Twitter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. So I don't know. I just, you know, I obviously this is an esports uh, podcast, but I don't feel like you can talk about League of Legends right now without talking about Arcane, right, has made it impossible. And I'll be honest, like, I have not, I've barely paid attention to the trailers. I'm trying to basically go in with zero expectations because I'm attending the premiere on Saturday with Mark, and then I think we're going to be doing some content um, after each of the, because I think it's dropping over, like, three weeks or something like that. Mm. And so we're going to do sort of our our thoughts on it after each. You should do something too, Emily. I feel like that people would... You, it could I be might, a great yeah. contrast to Mark and I because, well, Mark watches anime, but, you know, whatever. Mark uh, and I have had some really good animation discussions, yeah. actually. You guys will be in a very different thing. So, uh, but but congrats to, to Riot on the launch of Arcane and congrats to them on the really big push that they're doing around the stuff. I think years ago they wouldn't have been capable of this or interested in it, and I'm happy that they are now. All right. The moment everyone's been waiting for. Everybody just sat through 20 minutes of podcast to get to this part. Uh, in North America and in Europe because I cannot stream or exist without somebody coming up and being like, you got any roster rumors? What's the latest leaks? What's going on with TSM? Well, in the past week, Bjergsen has announced, or it's been announced that Bjergsen is leaving TSM. Uh, he's upping the ante from last year where he retired. He's like, what can I do that's even bigger than that? I can leave TSM and unretire. Sword Art is leaving TSM. Perks is leaving C9. Alfari is leaving TL. The Perks stuff has basically been confirmed. I think the Alfari one is all but confirmed. Uh, and then 
so it's been reported uh, by I think Esports Monaco's. I want to say that Perks and Alfari are headed to Vitality to build the super team. Uh, it's now been rumored by uh, a Twitter account, which has grown to the point where now we all have to talk about it. Whippo is headed to Team Liquid, uh, and then the, that was also reported by Esports Monaco's. I think Whippo they the reported the tweet. Oh, okay. I'm not sure because they've reported it as like a rumor. Uh, anyway, TL Jensen and Bjerg has been the big conversation over the past week. It's what I've heard a ton, though. I want to say, and I mentioned this, I think previously that it's, but the Jensen thing might not be working out as, as him being the ADC for team liquid, which was the plan previously. So I don't know what that means now, but, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff. So first off. Emily, what do you think about Bjergsen leaving uh, TSM? I'm less surprised than I would have been because I'd heard rumors about it. But the big thing for me, I'm still kind of floored that this would happen more because I thought he had equity in TSM. So... Not, so they have to pay out the equity. I'm not sure how that works. Yeah. So so they have to, upon his leaving, this is my understanding of the way that Riot uh, constructed the rule. They just have to dispense with the equity. So he now, or buy it back from him. So he, he now will get, I don't know, probably like a million dollars or something like that just for leaving. Mm, okay. So, so I, I was not, the equity thing was never a concern for me. I'm just like, it, I am... Oh, no, I was just going to say, it's not a concern. It's more that when I look at certain players, and I said this about Perks previously, about how surprised I was that he was leaving G2 despite rumors that he really wanted to go back to mid, et cetera, et cetera, is that you think of certain players as like, you know, the the cornerstones of an organization and and perks was that for me for g2 bjergsen was that for me for tsm obviously faker is that for skt and now t1 and that is why it's still so surprising to to see bjergsen leave just because like in my mind he is tsm So from my perspective, there's a really big question, and I don't have the answer to this, around why he left TSM. So Andy Adin, the, the owner of TSM, came out and said that Bjerg basically made him a competitive offer and also that also that there was a, a hope that, or he had basically said that he wanted one specific player and that the player... That, that TSM couldn't go get that player, that they were under contract and that they tried to make it happen and it didn't work or something to that effect. Um, I, well, one, I believe that that all, stuff all happened. I don't believe, based off of what I've heard, that TSM made the most competitive offer. And I do feel like Bjergsen's attitude in this offseason seems to, from what we've heard at least, have changed dramatically from where what it was previously with regards to TSM. So I don't know if we'll ever find out, but I'm very curious to see what happened behind the scenes because it's not, he's not the only departure like uh, Lena notably removed all TSM branding from her social media. There's speculation that she's leaving the organization. Uh, obviously sword art is, is out like it's a very interesting set of circumstances uh, that we find ourselves in. So I, I'm, 
fascinated by it. But what I will say is, I hope he's getting paid. Uh, I have in the past known that for a while, TSM did not pay as much as the top teams. I think Bjergsen's loyalty to that organization meant that, you know, he was probably taking a, a pay cut from some of the other opportunities had he decided, for instance, 2019 to test free agency. And I'm hoping he gets paid now because like I look at TSM leadership, I've seen pictures of people on private jets and driving around in sports cars and all this stuff. And I'm like, I think Bjergsen should also be on a private jet or in a sports car if these guys are because of just the amount of value that he's brought to that organization. And so hopefully whatever he teams he's on does goes off and does great things. But I, I really like Soren and I hope he gets his bag uh, mm-hmm. at the end of his career here. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Sword Art also leaving TS. Well, should we just have a quick conversation about Sword Art Perks and Elfari all leaving North America one year after joining here? Because we talked about this a little bit last yeah, week, I mean, we last but now it's here. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week, so I don't, ha- I don't have anything to add. None of it is surprising. I was just going through the... Uh, because the Q&A we asked was, what's the craziest roster rumor? And I'm reading some of these, and some of these are like very obviously you know, uh, informed by rumors, but then others are just like completely off the rails. Well, let's so talk about very it. Very yeah. entertaining. Our Q and a was what's your craziest prediction for an off season roster move. And by the way, reckless showed up constantly in these, but there were a lot of people that said, uh, well, Dayton, by the way, here's says perks and Alfari leave LCS or vitality super team. Congrats to Dayton for getting that one. Right. Uh, I mean, there were some rumors here. Unfortunately, it does not look like Whippo will be going to G2, uh, Jensen to TSM actually I think could be a thing if he doesn't end up uh, joining or sticking around on TL uh, because maybe the ADC stuff doesn't work out. Uh, but yeah, there's been there's been some pretty good stuff. I don't know if you saw any others. Uh, so some of the I, I just want to read some of the like more out like like interesting ones. Um, someone said a North American team will f- roster will roster a full Oceania lineup interesting uh there's also the i mean yeah reckless is all over this um reckless goes to china it sounds like there's a whole i love that there's a whole idea of a like an 80s series of movies reckless goes to china reckless goes to tsm reckless whatever Reckless goes to rogue yeah. yeah uh it's fanatic perks show you know uh will only play with rookie uh, in a weird thing that I actually believe him. Uh, the Nuggery and Teddy to Damon. I do. I am curious to see where Nuggery ends up considering he's, you know, 99%. That entire FPX roster is blowing up probably. So I wonder if he will just rejoin Tamon or if he'll go somewhere else. Well, if the rumor is correct and Perks and Alfari are playing together on Vitality, is that something that gets you excited for LEC next year? I mean, I'm always excited for LEC. Is this a, but, an additional but, thing? So, like, this Vitality roster that they had this year was a roster that I was really excited about, if you remember. And they didn't end up <laughs> performing to, uh, you know, as well. Hopes. I don't even know if it's expectations, but definitely not to what their standard was, right? Like, for the roster that they put together, this was supposed to be a dark horse 
championship roster, right? With leader and self-made and, and crown shot. And it didn't end up happening. So every, every year people always say that Vitality is rumored to have a super team. I don't think super teams work out. I think super teams work out fewer times than they do. Like, I think it's more likely that a super team doesn't work out than they do. So it's always risky just because typically when you're putting those rosters together, you have a lot of really big personalities that also have a very set idea of how they want to play the game. And that's not to say that they're like really loud and going to be at each other's throats, but just that they have very clear cut ideas of how they want to play League of Legends and that might not match up or someone has to compromise, right? So that's why I think super teams often don't work out. But I'd be very curious to see how it would work. And I I definitely think to some extent, you know, Perks wants to just go home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially because I, I, I think he kind of hinted at some of the the culture shock or yeah. I don't know if you want to call it that, but of being here in the press conference. Uh, so I I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens there. Whippo joining Team Liquid. Unfortunately for him, uh, the community cannot have any conversation about this without talking about the uh, drama around his personal life that occurred around Worlds. But would you be excited to see Whippo compete in North America? I mean, I'd be excited because I like him as a personality and I like talking to him on the desk. So, you know, that would be cool for me if I am invited back to LCS next year to be able to talk with Whippo from like an AD perspective and do content with him. I think though going, so kind of touching upon something I hinted at with perks, you never know how going to another country and not being able to see your family and just not experiencing stuff that you are used to is going to affect you. And I think given Bwipo himself, it could be a very difficult culture shock for him. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. I mean, I'll put this out there. When I moved to LA, it was a massive culture shock for me. I did not, I, I was incredibly depressed upon moving here and I still haven't really found a love for the city ever. So like, and that's just moving from Boston in the same country. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I hate to talk about this, but I have to, I guess, because of its relevance to the situation. Uh, you know, it's very obvious that he is very much engaged with his romantic relationship. And I think doing long distance, which is presumably what would have to happen there, I think could also be interesting. So it's really one of the first times where like a player has come over and I've had so many questions about whether it'll work out simply because of like their their personal life and sort of their personality. Uh, so I, I think that's something that I'm I'm curious about. Well... The last thing I want to ask you about is, do you think Jensen could be a good AD carry? Uh, if given time. But, I mean, being a bot laner is significantly different in terms of positioning and how you play the lane than the mid laner. And you have to play the 2v2 with someone, which is really a lot different than playing mid lane. I think it would take time. I already know the rumors are out there that like, it's already not working out with core. Well, guys, it's probably been like one or two scrims. I'm not really following that. So, but, but like the thing I will say is like, we've seen 
we've seen people role swap before, right? And I think given the success of, for example, Bwipo this year, um, Ambition, who won a world's title role swapping, uh, Perks obviously is like one of the more significant role swaps and it was this exact position from mid to bot. And then we saw, we've seen more people struggle with it. Like Caps, for example, did not look nearly as comfortable in bot lane than he did in mid. And it's a difficult thing to do. And I think people, I guess, underestimate how difficult it can be. So do I think with time that Jensen could be a good bot laner? Yes. I also think that Jensen specifically can play Mage's bot really well, better than you know, a traditional AD carry player would be. And then it's about his spacing as an AD carry, which I have no clue as to how that is, to be quite honest. And then how he he deals with the, the 2v2. Time will tell, or maybe it won't. Because one thing I know you mentioned, like, it's not going well. Yes, it's only been a short time. I agree. But one of my concerns is that there are some rumors that uh, Jensen might be available to teams because it hasn't been going well, right? Like, uh, which seems crazy to me because I'm like, really, that seems like the shortest time to trial. But I guess perhaps off season you can't you can't wait too long. Jensen might be like, look, if you don't like me, then get me to another team quick because he's you don't want to be the last person out the door in off season. It's not not fiscally. Well, it's, it's also viable. weird because he's coming off of honestly a phenomenal performance, and there that final day at Worlds he was playing insanely well yeah so like uh, the fact that people are talking about the role swap and how it's already going poorly and not he's coming off of a great performance at worlds is kind of annoying i think people only say it's only going poorly because people are worried that it will or won't happen right like the the people that want beer like for instance if you're a team liquid fan you might want jensen to stick around and I think Bjergsen, as wonderfully he is, is somewhat of an unknown quantity for the first time in his career. Like, you don't really know. I, I think he's going to come back and look great. But, like, if you're a Team Liquid fan, you might be looking at this and being like, to your point, Emily, Jensen just came off of a phenomenal performance. Are we going to lose this guy for Bjergsen coming out of retirement? We don't know what the deal is, you know? Yeah, I think that's I what's that. scary to people. So It's just frustrating that, like, he had yet another really good international showing and all anyone can talk about is how he's apparently, quote unquote, bad at being a bot laner. It's, well, I, it's just no, annoying. People are not saying it as a means of like shitting I on him. I know. It. It's just frustrating. Offseason frustrates me. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is like your time to take over the podcast. I know. I know. And I will. I will by moving <laughs> us on to our next, to our this week's Q&A which is on this topic. What do you think about Bjergsen leaving TSM? Now that it's been officially confirmed, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people had really big opinions. I think I personally, it seems to me like if you're a TSM fan, you think this is terrible. And if you aren't a TSM fan, you think it's awesome and hilarious. Uh, but maybe there are some middle ground people out there. I don't know. So please open up the Rift Reaction podcast and your Spotify app. And let us know. On the poll front... What team would you like to see Bjerg play for? Uh, this is our this is a double Bjergsen. Uh, wow, week. yeah. C9, TL, EG, or other, because those are probably the top three best candidates, and maybe uh, so a bunch of people maybe are going to say other. I don't know. I'm curious to see what everybody thinks. So while you're in there answering the Q&A, please let us know on the poll. And as we are now in the back of the book, 
I'd like to hear your reaction shot. You, well, take away from off season for a second, Emily, so you can talk yeah. about something else. So I want to talk about this Gen G roster. I think they were miscategorized a lot of the time as a roster that did nothing when they actually could be quite proactive early and then they would make a mistake and then they would clam up and not do anything. So I understand why people apply that to the entirety of their game, but this is a roster with incredibly strong players. I said it previously, but I'm really happy how far they were able to get. BDD is not a shitter. Please stop saying that. And like, like I'm so mad at how many people thought BDD was terrible going Burks into this. said he was the easiest mid laner going, to face going in into this, uh, Going into this, you know, into this world uh, championship. So I'm really happy he was able to show up. I am pleasantly surprised at how far this roster was able to get in this tournament. And so this is a small requiem. Thank you, Gen G. Uh, I think that people should stop saying BDD is bad. Well, talk to Perks. All right. For me, I want to talk about how we were, we were discussing Arcane earlier. I hope it does a lot for League and maybe League Esports. So last week, uh, I will continue to just talk about the things that Emily has said. She uh, Emily mentioned to me that she really hopes that uh, League or said Arcane can have like a very big upward lift on League of Legends and possibly also on League of Legends Esports. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Characters in yeah. correct? Yeah. No. And so I, I really hope it does because I think that that would be great. I mean, we're more than a decade into League of Legends. Obviously, other things have popped up that people really are excited about, like uh, Fortnite and Genshin Impact, my favorite. Stay tuned for Genshin Impact content. Uh, but I, I think that this could be really great. You could perhaps bring in a whole new generation of people or bring back a lot of people if the show just turns out to be something that all sorts of people want to watch. Also, it's incredibly rare that any kind of video game thing gets turned into something that is, I don't know, like a movie or a TV show or uh, anything that and it doesn't suck. Uh, so... So like this could be phenomenal if that ends up being the case. And I there's been some rumors I've heard from people that have seen some of the early episodes that have said it's supposed to be good. Uh, I am a little skeptical that it will have a lift on League of Legends esports because it kind of has to go through the filter of like all of those people have to become fans of League of Legends and then they also have to jump make the jump over to esports. Uh, I'd certainly I would love that because the viewership would be great, but. Uh, I, I don't know. We'll see. But I'm hoping that this thing just blows League of Legends up and Emily and I become even more rich and famous than we already are. We've been eyeing two mansions in Beverly Hills, not too far from here. We could record the podcast in the studio in the back between both of our places. What's going to happen is that I'm just going to disappear and move to a farm in Vermont in the Northeast Kingdom and no one is going to know where I ended up. Well, going to move to a town with like five people. F- 10 years from now, guys, whenever you've heard Emily's made it big and then suddenly disappeared and you want to go on the hunt for whatever, you're a, a young, intrepid journalist trying to do the story of Emily Rand, <laughs> start looking for big bookstores in small towns in Vermont. Uh, <laughs> and you might find her anyway. Uh, <laughs> you okay, Emily? Uh, <laughs> dying anyway Uh, all right well the final thing we wanted to mention this week is as we are heading into off season and there's less league of legends to talk about in fact next week is the last league of legends things to talk about i don't know if they're going to do all stars but honestly if they do i doubt people will pay much attention uh 
we are going to do something kind of cool because we're starved for content on Rift Reaction during that time. Uh, we are going to have uh, you guys call. Not call in live because I already do that show. We don't need another one of those. But call in and leave us a voicemail. Maybe give us a take that Emily and I can talk about. Uh, maybe something that you you think we should discuss. And actually, here's the phone number you can do it. So please take out your pen. Uh, 323-607-2537. Again, that is 323-607-2537. And if you're outside of the U.S., I think you have to put the country code in, which is one. I don't know. I know we have a lot of international listeners, so I don't want to just assume one. anything. I don't know how country codes work. I live in the U.S. You just press a number. It's I only talk to people in the U.S. on, on the phone. Either way, let us know. Maybe we'll play your message on the show and answer your question. Emily, it's been great. Anyway, thanks, everyone, for listening. 